0: Sunset Podcast where I explore, express, and illuminate my shadow. So the time is 2.31 p.m. in this beautiful afternoon where I live and The moon is in Gemini and the Sun is in Pisces so happy mermaid season to all of you out there. It is officially Pisces season. So today's episode is going to be about intersectionality and the shadowy aspects of socialization and of course this will be a bunch of story times (laughs) and I want to start this off by asking the question what is intersectionality so I wanted to actually look up this word on spot as I record So intersectionality, noun, the interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, class, class, and gender as they apply to a given individual or group regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination and disadvantage. Through an awareness of intersectionality, we can better acknowledge and ground the differences among us." Mmm, okay. So a lot has happened in the past year. There were riots and most recently there have been attacks amongst asian cent Asian-American folk. and. I admit that I am not one to share any of my opinions any political opinions specifically on my social media even if it's private but any of my social media it's just nothing that I really talk about because I have always felt that I've had such a skewed and strange perspective when it came to race and when I was introduced to intersectionality, first it was through a lecture by Jordan Peterson who was saying it was a myth which I won't really speak on but that was my first introduction to it and I had seen the word around places but I didn't really understand it. And then I had a friend of mine who um, is very keen and hip to that realm of um, social justice. And she was able to define it for me and it gave me some clarity, I would say, um, to a lot of things as well as The issue that I was grappling with when it came to um, last year's Black Lives Matter riots and other African-American related type of um, protests and issues. And whilst in quarantine, most of (laughs) last year, I stumbled upon the idea of colorism. And I'd heard about this through the stories my mom would tell me of being a darker skinned black woman or black girl and having lighter skinned cousins and friends and feeling as though men overtly sexualized her versus the lighter skinned woman and seeing the lighter skinned woman as someone to be more taken seriously when it came to being wifed up, <laughs> if you will, and I am a lighter-skinned black person, not super light. I guess you could you you, you could say I'm like a cinnamon skin tone, <laughs> a cinnamon shade of brown. Um, so I guess there is some privilege to being. A certain shade of brown and that could be debatable amongst all um, brown olive tone minority folk that there has been some prejudices amongst people who are not the quote lighter shade of brown but I'm getting ahead of myself so Last October, I was in, um, I was at a women's retreat. It was my first like go away retreat and a very beautiful experience. Uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend. And um, one of the mornings we woke up and over some tea as a group, we were asked a number of questions to kind of have a group discussion about. And the big question that I think flows really well with this episode is in what way are you privileged? And I was the only black person there. And I only say that to kind of give background to the story. The woman who is facilitating the retreat was Hispanic so I wasn't the only minority but I was the only black person there and that kind of bleeds into why I have such a unique standpoint when it comes to race and I don't lean pro or against anything. Mostly because I have such a blending of identities So How am I privileged? When I First began grade school, so kindergarten My parents put me in an environment that they felt would be best and safest for me Um, most nurturing and nourishing and so for them this was a Catholic school and I still remember the socialization of the few I can count on one hand black girls and I don't think there were any black guys in my class growing up there were in the school but this was a very very small school I'd like to also mention as well But as far as like the class that i grew up with there weren't there may have been one black kid in the class but i think he changed schools um, after a couple of years of being there but i still remember the socialization of being black and trying to fit in with these kids and when i was little when i was in kindergarten there wasn't much of a stigma at all i feel that we were still very innocent around this time and the white kids really didn't treat me any differently in fact i think they were very excited to have me there as a new student at that school but it wasn't until i'd say maybe um second or third grade that there was a shift and change in how some of the kids would treat me and um, or even noticing how some of the teachers or coaches were treating some of the other kids um, and even as subtle as preferences that I noticed some of the kids or the guys that I had crushes on growing up in that school um, were moving more towards they had certain preferences or they would say you know I can't do this because of the specific difference in us so it started as small as noticing that the black girls in my class were almost competing to be more in line and more aligned with the ideal or the majority which was white so some girls and th- and this is so so young I was at the school um, until I was about 11 so this is I'm talking around the time of like age five to age maybe like eight or nine that this was going on some of the girls would claim that they were not just black they were a bunch of other things they were part Native American. They were part this, part that. And even if it was true, the idea that it was important to mention so that other people knew so that they were treated differently seemed to be of emphasis. Um, Other things would be like, my hair is silkier than yours. Um, And we'd be at this, at this time, it's not as um, prevalent now, but chemically treating our hair and comparing straightness of hair or silkiness of hair texture, um, if it was more uh, in line with Caucasian hair versus being, quote, nappier and, and, and thicker, or wooler-like in texture, um, speaking wider than maybe other black kids in the class, and it, et cetera, et cetera, it goes on and on as far as that socialization, that early socialization. So just from that small choice that was made to put me in an environment where I was around white people, and also a school that had to, that um, you needed to pay to go to, put me already in a box that was different from probably a large percentage of black kids in that area. And I I am talking uh, from a point of view of a black, female growing up in the deep south of the United States so there is um, more of a lean towards public school when it comes to what education system that black kids are able to want afford and also you know um are going to and so I was privileged enough and my parents you know, being their first child wanted me to go to a very um, nourishing environment, and that was Catholic school. So, that already gives me an intersectionality of being a black girl who grew up around majority white people. And as you can hear, <laughs> that affected the way that I spoke. So, when I changed schools from Catholic school to a we call them a magnet school, which is, you have to test to get in. So there's still a filtration system, but it's still more public than private because there's no fee. The, the filtration system isn't the money. It is the, um, intelligence of the student. Um, and so when I had that shift, I noticed that there were people who identified that I spoke differently. And this was when, after I got out of the Catholic school system, this was when I began getting comments about, oh, Tiffany, you sound white. Why do you sound like that? Or even some kids, one kid in particular, didn't like me when I transferred solely for the fact that he thought I was fake because of the way that I spoke. So this was when I was segregated and separate and identified as separate from even people in my own race. <laughs> so this is another intersectionality and everybody has their own story. And I think this is important to kind of delve into as a side note, um, our Socialization and the effects of it, and how that makes us different from our own race. Because just because we take these standardized tests and they, or a census, and they have us check off a certain box that identifies what we are based on what our parents are, that doesn't mean that we fit into that genre of um, ethnicity there's so many differences within us, um, besides that. So I digress. The next year, this is, uh, I was about age 13. I had an affinity with the eighties. I loved eighties movies and I also really loved metal scene the scene kid like scene (laughs) the scene kid scene the emo kid scene i wore a ton of black like um i was the typical angsty kid except i was black so that gave me this sort of strange edge and fortunately for me there were like a handful again i can count on my on my one hand of black girls that also fell into that goth, emo, black girl, like angsty genre of like expression. Um, However, at that time, my parents, especially my mom, was just completely confused and would say certain things like that's white people's shit. And (laughs) it wasn't until years later that she kind of like Identify and understand like the beauty in rock metal and classic rock music, but um, And I can still appreciate literally a new genre of music, but this gave me another layer of separation and intersectionality from um, my own race and Yeah Being that girl who grew up around white people, and even to this day, there are people who ask me where I'm from, um, and (laughs) trying to understand how I'm able to, quote, sound white or articulate in the ways that I do. Um, There was a job that I had at uh, the country club here where, where I'm from, and there was a man who Um, was a manager for a short period of time at the country club and he had a daughter come in to visit and work for the uh, for a short time and she was Japanese and trying to learn English and he would constantly compliment me and she would too and they would speak Japanese to each other and, and come up to me and compliment me on my English and how beautifully I spoke. And I even had a a member at that country club. We had comment cards, so they were just reviews, like hard hard copy, tangible reviews of their service there. And, you know, for them to kind of keep track of how servers and the service is um, standard wise. And so, there was one person who left me a comment card about how she could listen to me talk all day in the the table it was like a party of 10 or something like that they were just in awe of the way that i spoke and (laughs) they were just you know how white people can be a little bit depending on the black person i'm pretty lenient about that but you know some black people would be like wow why do they think that it's so crazy that i Articulate and speak in an intellectual way, but they were just like, wow, you should be a speaker Oh my gosh, like I love your speaking voice. I love your voice (laughs) And so that's just been one main thing that I feel like has stuck with me black people white people obviously Japanese one this one Japanese girl They all are very intrigued and even enamored by the way that I speak, so it's a blessing in disguise, I would say. Um, I even had one other member who was a speech pathologist and she said, you don't have a black dialect and you certainly don't have a southern accent, like where are you from? and it it takes I get offended by strange things. It's definitely not race things, but I was still kind of like, Whoa, um thank you. So I told her where I was from, then she asked me where my parents are from, and I told her where they were from, and then after that she asked me what school I went to and then she was still confused. She was still like, How is this child speaking this way? But yeah, um and of course, to the other angle of this is being around black people who don't speak this way, who speak quote ghetto, or my mom likes to use the word. They have a flat way of speaking. And because I speak this way and because of the stigma of being light skinned and being a light skinned black girl has this like, sort of the running joke of light-skinned people in the black community is that they're more stuck up they're more self-centered they're more into themselves they're bougie da 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 so there's this kind of stereotyping that can happen when i'm amongst other black people who just assume that i'm stuck up or think highly of myself or i'm in this kind of like pedestal because of the way that I speak. So because of all of this, because of the colorism, um, I'm also, I've also been athletic most of my life, so I'm, I'm gonna go into some other intersectional, basically just fucking labels, that can place you in a category where you may have more privileges than other people. So mine are that I'm lighter skinned, so there's the colorism aspect. Um, I feel objectively, I think that's the right word, objectively from the experiences that I've had that I am attractive. So that gives a a person a a certain level of privilege. I am also a female and I have been able to get out of tickets with cops. And being a female, um, whether we want to admit it or not, there are some privileges in having a vagina and that leads me into being cisgendered so there's no like what is she kind of stigma when it comes to that and so i would say back to the comment about the getting pulled over and getting out of tickets i feel very confident in saying that as a man it's probably a lot harder to weasel your way out of getting in trouble with a cop on top of there aren't that many, I have yet to see a female cop, so it's just, it's <laughs> the, the odds of running into a female cop that's going to give you a pass because you're a man, I just think that's very slim. <laughs> so there is that. I am also petite, I've been skinny my whole life, and I also grew up in, in sports, so I've had an athletic build, I am very healthy, um able bodied. I grew up in a upper middle class family. Um I I said female. Um I have a college degree. I am young. Um I have all my teeth. <laughs> um I'm trying to think of some other overlappings. Um I was lucky enough to be exposed in high school, I went to two different high schools, one of which was so diverse that we had literally, a, we had at least one student from every continent at this school, so a lot of kids aren't lucky enough to be exposed to people of every culture and race and even identity and sexuality so that's another way that i would say that i'm privileged and so it gives me this very broad angle in which i judge and also take stance amongst racial issues and so there are multi-dimensional layers to this intersectionality concept and also the privilege of the gorgeous concoction that is who we are. So uh, what I'm saying is that we we all have a certain level of privilege, some more than others. But I think when we identify the ways in which we are privileged and move beyond the ways that we are limited, as well as identifying our preferences and our prejudices, we can move towards sort of seeing ourselves which is where it starts is seeing myself Tiffany as an individual and not as what I feel we have kind of generationally been brought up to identify ourselves as which is by Black, white, da 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 da. Instead of Tiffany, she's light skinned and she also likes metal music and a little bit of anime, and she's kind of a hippie, and da 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 da. You know, so <laughs> we are all the outlier. And divergent in some form of another in some form of another we don't fit in with something in some form of another we are unique so I I hope and I see in the future it we have to see each other as individuals and not these outdated archaic identifiers and labels and I personally feel this is leaning towards sexuality. I had this thought the other day when I was writing notes for this episode. I feel that labels are for people who may be a little bit more ignorant or or even just curious. Like, if we see each each other as unique individuals, there would be no reason to have to have these multiple pronouns and if we did have gender-neutral bathrooms, which I'm sure there's still debate out for that, we wouldn't have to worry or question what this person is or who they are or why they want to wear a dress even though he identifies as he. I I just think as a person who I feel, uh, me personally as an open-minded person, I think that the extra labels confuse me. I do see the point in them being a structure for people who may not understand that there are people out there who don't fall into this binary, perfectly symmetrical way of being. But I also feel that it's looking way I don't want to say way into the future, but looking forward into the future, if we just have people who accept others for who they are and not see everyone as some kind of checkbox, census based checkbox, we really wouldn't need all of these extra labels and pronouns, I feel. um i think it's just for people who who need them who are confused who have questions and it i i just think it shouldn't matter that much it should just be like i i am insert name here and i like this i like i'm jim and i like to paint my toenails why i don't know What's my pronoun? Does it matter? I just, this is just what I, this is how I express myself. (laughs) And so I hope that we can come from a place that feels complicated and then bring it back to simplicity by just seeing each other for who we are and not these boxes and not adding extra boxes either. I think that's, that's just, a bridge. I feel okay. I feel. I sense that this, these extra boxes and labelings for relationships, for for identity, for uh, blah 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 blase, is a bridge to a world and a, and a human experience where it won't even fucking matter. We won't. We won't be asking. It won't be. We will stay in our lanes. <laughs> Um, for lack of a better way of expressing it, we will stay in our, our own lanes and let he, she, they do what, whatever the fuck they, they feel like doing. and it won't matter what their pronoun is unless, you know, that is something they want to share. But I I just imagine a realm in which we'll just we'll just kind of chill. We'll just be chilling (laughs) with each other. And... Yeah. And that's just it. So... Let me make sure that I went through my notes. Yeah. 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 Um, I do want to just throw in this last story. Because I think it's a pretty good story. Um, In college, I took... An elective class Um, it was an African American Studies elective class on stereotypes and um, I did it with my family in mind because I feel like excuse me growing up they always had to drill my identity within me because they felt like I was losing my identity because I didn't identify with many typical african-american things even like the way i wanted to style my hair like just my whole being of expression it, it was as if growing up they wanted to make sure i remember that i was a black person <laughs> so with that in mind i was like maybe you know i didn't tell them i was taking the class but i was like oh you know i'll just sign up for this african-american studies class it seems interesting i think they'd be very proud of me for doing it but It became this class in which, almost like a venting session to shit on white people. And I have never felt so uncomfortable sharing my opinion in any class than I did there. And the only reason why I almost failed the class was because I stopped showing up. And there were a lot of things said that hurt me and i'm black and i just it just felt like like it felt like the other end of the spectrum that isn't helpful it doesn't help if we hate white people and it i mean obviously black people have been hated on for a long time as well as other people have been hated on and enslaved for A long time since humans existed people have been some group of people have been enslaved hated upon disliked and discriminated against and so I think that if I I I had just wished that that class my voice keeps cracking I'm gonna drink some water I just wish that that class would have been a little bit more holistic, more wholesome. I didn't share not jack shit about my opinions. And I grew up, you know, around white people, yes. But in high school, a lot of my white friends lived in trailers. They had been around black people. Some of them had gone to jail, sold drugs, you know, addicts, I was friends, um especially leading up to the end of my high school career most of my friends were burnouts they were burnout hippie kids or like metalhead kids and they didn't they didn't give a fuck that i was black which is why i hung out with them because i felt more judged by black people than i did by those outcasted like misfits which is you know what i loved most about them And unfortunately, that class, I feel like, made me feel even more outcasted than I was hoping to feel because of their opinions. And that's what I feel we should recognize, hopefully without the feeling of isolation like I had, to recognize that within our circle of friends or within our racial group, of people that look like us there are, there's just some shit that we don't have in common and unfortunately that class that I had those people majority of those people had not had many experiences with white people and they expected the white people to come to their side and ask questions but if we aren't open either how the fuck is that going to happen And so I think there's a need for compassion. There's a need for willingness to understand our brothers and sisters. And we all, as humans, are brothers and sisters. We are each other's familia. We need each other in times where our earth is dying, where our planet is becoming uninhabitable. As an example, I'm I'm totally being very... Probably very dramatic, but in times where we are sharing this home that is Earth and we're fighting about you need to understand my pain and da 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 da, yes, that is very true. But within that, you know, racial pain, there are family, generational pains that people are dealing with, traumas programming conditioning and so this is where the compassion comes in is identifying that there's a lot of other aspects and layers of intersectionality inter trauma intersectionality i don't know if that's yeah intersectionality of trauma that we are also dealing with that can make it harder for us to kind of see those issues and so As I'm saying that, I'm realizing, you know, the people that I was in this African American studies class with also had a lot of trauma that was related to white people. I had some, but I also have intersectionalities that allow me to be more accepted by white people. And the white people that I experienced in my life were very eccentric and different and I also had most of, I had a lot of best girlfriends that were Hispanic, of Spanish descent, and then I went to a school where there were literally people from all over the world that went to school with me, and so those people in that class did not have that experience, and so they had a lot of prejudices and hangups, stigma and pain that made me feel, one privileged <laughs> blessed but also isolated and just unable to share my point of view and opinions because of yeah because of all that they had felt about specifically white people and um it made me sad. It made me really upset and sad. It also made me, my ego say, you know what? I'm the most open-minded motherfucker in this place. I don't even need this class. Doesn't matter. I think I ended up with a D, but I'm not. I mean, I'm it, I'm here now, so I survived. It's fine. But I, um, I'm gonna end this soapbox with a question for you, and that is. In what ways are you privileged? And how are you privileged? And how can that overlap the ways that you may resonate with people who may not even be your same race? Because there are some similarities that we have. And hopefully recognizing that and also appreciating the differences the pain that is human existence the trauma that is existing hopefully that will open all of our hearts to a place of love and compassion and understanding and the big P word patience and that is something that I think will be a lifelong thing for me to study and learn is patience 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 people aren't going to learn overnight people aren't going to learn from a, a a cyclical reel of newscastings of protests no it's it's it takes time and if people have grown up in a programming of racial biases it it's going to take work lots and lots of work so um yeah that is My story of intersectionality and privilege and hopefully it um, inspired and sparked something within you. Wherever you are, have a wonderful day, night, week, month, year. And um, comment, make a comment or give me uh, some stars, whatever. (laughs) Um, so that other people can find this podcast and if you're interested in any of my other offerings uh, my creative offerings I have a link to my blog site as well as um, my YouTube channel Foxy Sunrise where I do um, occult magical workings on there and uh, my social media information and all that jazz is in the show notes down below if you want to send me a voice message um, to reach out to me that is also linked in all of my episode show notes down below so yeah that's it all for today and I love you